0: your horse training questions answered answered welcome to the carson james podcast your weekly boost of horsemanship no jargon no fluff and no bs just natural proven solutions that work and now here's carson james Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So this one is going to be all about three rules to never break with your horse. So starting with rule number one, these are kind of going to be like the most common mistakes that people make. So starting with rule number one, a lot of people with horses probably know this and have heard it a hundred times, but they have not practiced it enough for it to become a subconscious habit and this number one rule is don't let the horse crowd you. Now, a couple things about crowding you need to understand. Number one, even if your horse is 10 feet away, if you ask him to get 10 feet away and he comes within nine feet, he is actually crowding. See, we have to start learning to be particular so these horses can be particular. Now, Because nobody ever really talks about why, real quickly, we're going to talk about why it's so important that a horse doesn't crowd you. And without getting into huge detail about it, the reason is because a horse would never crowd the lead horse of the herd, right? They get that established through the pecking order, especially at feeding time. Now, it is no coincidence that the lead horse that none of the other ones crowd is also the horse that all of the other horses trust and respect and will follow through the creeks. And wherever that horse goes, the other ones willingly follow and they adore that lead horse, right? Okay, so it goes back to their instincts. So if the human is gotten in a habit of always just kind of letting the horse be all up on them and in their space, and the horse doesn't stop when they stop when they're leading it, you know, as an example. Okay, well, it's going to be really difficult, next to impossible, for that horse's instincts to recognize that the human is capable of giving that horse the same security and comfort and protection that a lead horse would give out in a natural herd environment. So it all goes back to their instincts. A lot of times people say, yeah, my horse is really inattentive on the ground. Well, it's because they've never given him a reason to pay attention to them, right? They've never been really particular and said, hey, I want you to walk this speed, now slower, now stop, now back up. I want you to be 10 feet away as I lead you, and I want you to stay 10 feet away as I lead you around. Now I want you to be five feet to my left and even with my left shoulder. Now I want you to be out in front of me five feet. Now I want you to come to my other side and get way, way back. So see, it's getting refined control of the feet from the ground. So if your horse is really good at these things, he's going to always be thinking, you know, what's the next move? What is my person fixing to ask me to do? So uh, it's, you know, it, it's next to impossible for a horse to have really good groundwork and, I don't, and when I say groundwork, I don't mean he's gentle and he follows you around when you put a halter on him. I mean refined control of his feet, therefore refined control of his thoughts. So that's what groundwork is. It's next to impossible for a horse to have really good groundwork and be inattentive at the same time. If he's got really good groundwork, 99% of his attention is going to be on you and your body language and what you're thinking and what you're doing or... He's always ready for what you're about to do, right? So, that's number one. Number two is never being able to free up the reins and move with that horse. So let's just take uh, let's just take trotting as an example. If you're using your reins to help balance your seat on your horse, well that's kind of going to do two really, really bad things. For one, it's going to make him feel confined. And everybody knows that the way a horse feels safe is the ability to freely move their feet, you know, their flight or fight. So everybody kind of knows that. Okay, well, after long enough, it might be next month, it might be next year, but at some point, if we constantly ride these horses around choked up on the reins or with contact on the reins, And never allow them to figure out that they can travel in a natural way, even though a human in a saddle is up on their back, it's going to start causing side effects. It's going to start getting them spooky. It's going to start getting them wanting to get back to the barn, for example, because they don't feel safe because they're confined when you're out on the trail. But when they're back at the barn, they feel that comfort and security that we talked about earlier, right? So... That also goes back to their self preservation. Basically, everything goes back to their self preservation and why you want to constantly be installing, instilling confidence in your horse so you don't have to deal with spookiness and magnets and, you know, all these typical horse problems. So that's kind of the second one. Now, another part of that is being able to uh not only being able to ride around on a loose rein and be comfortable doing you know walk trot lope transitions things like that but also getting to where you can move with that horse so a really good rider is someone who is capable of getting on a horse and riding them around and moving with that horse in such a way that the horse feels like the rider is part of them right so We mentioned trotting as an example. So posting the trot and really moving with the horse is going to make him feel like you are helping his movements. So he's enjoying the job that you're asking him to do, and he's able to be relaxed about it, where if you're just bouncing on his back, you know, smacking him on the back with your butt as you ride around, okay, well, that's going to be hindering his motion. Every time he tries to take a step, it's kind of like he's getting bumped on his back. And it's hindering his movement, making it hard for him to move. There have been multiple times where I got on somebody's horse and they said, this horse is just really spooky. Uh, he won't go through the puddles or just riding in general. You know, he's a nervous wreck. And I didn't even do anything. I just got on him and started riding him, really posting my trot, doing some walk trot lope transitions, really moving with him on a little bit of a slack rein. And... After ten or fifteen laps around the arena, like you, and this, and this is no lie, we've got footage of it somewhere. You can pull the bridle off and ride them around. And granted, you can't really like control them per se, but that's the beauty of it. You don't need an overabundance of control. They're only going to go as fast as you're making them go, and when you stop making them go, they just come down and stand there, and they're all chilled out and uh, and relaxed. So that is a powerful, powerful thing. Okay, now the third thing is, and this is one that everybody deals with, but it's the easiest thing to fix when it comes to horsing, um, and that one is magnets. So let's just take uh, let's just take Barnes, let's take Buddy Sauer. There are, it's all the same thing, but Buddy Sauer's a pretty easy thing to relate to. Okay, so why is a horse Buddy Sauer? Or has any magnet in general? Okay. Well, the reason they're they're doing that is because in that horse's mind, he has somewhere else he would rather be because he thinks that it's a better deal to be at that other place. In this instance, it's by his buddy. Now we have, you know, we have all we have a few videos, and it's it's a very easy, very very easy, quick thing to cure. Uh, some of the worst buddy sour horses, you can completely have it cured where you drop the reins and point them right at their buddy and tell them to go and they will randomly turn and go any random direction except for where that buddy is at it takes about 30 minutes maybe a couple sessions and you'll have that even with the most buddy sour horse you can dream up okay well basically all you do to do that is you work them really hard around the buddy and when they're kind of acting like they want to leave you just let them and they'll leave for and they'll get about 10 feet and then they'll try to turn back really hard and you know then they'll think they want to go back with their buddy put them right back to work work them really hard when they want to leave you just ease off and you let them so you just make it feel good for them to kind of think hey maybe i don't like it here you leave them alone let them leave every time they kind of act like they want to go back you just go with them you just let them put them back to work and in in a ridiculously short amount of time they're like okay maybe i don't want to be by the buddy anymore so That's kind of how you cure it in the short run, but that's not really the answer. That's basically saying, well, I know you still don't feel secure with me, so I'm just going to make it, you know, really hard to be over here where you do feel secure, and maybe then you'll be more open to suggestion. But the real thing about Buddy Sour is you should never have to do the Buddy Sour exercise. If we're going about these things, how we're talking about, you know, using good horsemanship, be a clear leadership to instill confidence and be a good leader for your horse. Okay, well, they're never going to start feeling lost and insecure, so therefore they're never going to want to go, they're never going to feel the need to wear like, oh, hey, I got to get over here where this other spot is at, where I feel safe and comfortable because I'm not really getting any comfort and security from you. So I'm going to go over here where my instincts are telling me I need to go to get it. Okay, well, our job as riders is to become the kind of people that can give them that confidence and security, the same that they get from being at the barn or being with the lead horse or their buddy horse or whatever. So it sounds a little cliche, but you will get that horse to where he is buddy sour to you. There's no place where he would rather be than right up underneath you. All of his thoughts are right with you. He's mentally neutral, meaning he would just assume be at the north end of the arena as the south end of the arena. And at that point, maybe now, you know, you stand a chance on teaching him something. So uh, that's kind of the third one. Now you say, well, how do you get your horse to that point? Well, It's, you know, it's not desensitizing, and even though you might use some of that, it's not desensitizing. It is, the key is, is clear communication, and that is basically in the sense, that is uh, leadership, right? So, the better we get at communicating clearly with these horses, the more sure they will get of all of these interactions that we do with them, right? And that is what heightens their confidence, And when you get to a certain point, you can get that horse where he is confident enough to be out alone and not feel like he's got to get by the other horses to be okay. Now, you know, technically he's not alone. He's got you and you're able to give him everything that he needs inwardly to feel secure. And this is what everybody is missing with their horses. You know, 90% of the time. If you look up how to cure a spooky horse, what's it going to tell you to do? Desensitize them. Desensitizing is not meant to fill the holes of us not being able to instill confidence in a horse. The only thing desensitizing is meant for is, hey, it might rain tomorrow, so I'm going to put on my big raincoat when I ride my horse. He's never seen a raincoat. Maybe I should expose him to the raincoat a little bit so he's kind of more okay with it. Uh, and I stand a chance on putting the raincoat on without getting bucked off. That is all that desensitizing was ever meant to be. The problem is is people have blown that way out of proportion of what it's supposed to be used for, and they've made it a cure-all. A while back, we did a poll, and the poll was how many of you feel like for the amount of hours you spent desensitizing, it actually did any good. And like 90% of the people came back and said, yeah, I spent hours desensitizing and he was still a disaster to ride out on the trail or still wanted, felt like he wanted to go too fast all the time, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all about instilling that confidence. And those three things that we talked about are uh, are the are, are the key to having a horse that is just an absolute joy to ride. When you get on him, you're able to actually enjoy riding him instead of spending, you know, most all of your ride trying to get around all these horsey problems that we have. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real, simple, horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends.